I don't care what you're going through tonight. God is good, and he's here tonight, and he's going to help us get to that next level. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take us to that next level of blessing. I really believe that uh, in this season that that's what God wants to do. And we've been talking about the last few weeks about spiritual boldness. And really and truly, Sunday, when the bishop was here, she touched on that several times. And that gave me confidence to let me know that this is a word from God, what we've been hearing the last few weeks on spiritual boldness. Um, I remember many conversations I would have with uh, Pastor Goodluck. Me and him would talk, and he was such an encourager. And he would always build you up. Amen? I know all of us have been built up by him. And one thing he told me that I'll never forget, and he said, Pastor Roy, God cannot use timid people. God is a businessman. That's how he talks. He's a businessman. And he can't use timid people. If you want to be used by God, you must be bold. You must be assertive. And you must be confident in him. And so this, this series on spiritual boldness, I, I believe, is a now word for our church. Because the devil is in trouble. Amen. We found that out. Pastor Angela been saying it. And then the bishop said it. Satan is in trouble. Proverbs 6 and 30. I don't have this in my notes. But it says, men do not spies a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. The devil's going to give back sevenfold everything that he's stolen. Somebody say amen to that. No matter what he's stolen from you, this is your season. Hallelujah. To receive it back sevenfold. Just don't take, just double. No, 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 no. It's time for a sevenfold return on whatever he's stolen from you. But in order to do that, you got to be bold enough to take it. I wish I had somebody. I say you got to be bold enough to take it back. You got to let him know that you know what belongs to you. Then you got to be willing to go into the camp and take it all back by the power of the Holy Spirit. So spiritual boldness is our inheritance. It's something that God wants us to experience. And there's a scripture that the Lord gave me this morning. It's not in my notes again, so don't, don't worry about it. It's in Psalms 23, very familiar psalm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Verse 5. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup, somebody say my cup, my cup. runs over. 
But then this is what the Lord spoke after he gave the scripture to me. He says, I will never sit, we'll never sit at God's table if we're not bold enough to, take a, to pull up a seat. <laughs> we'll never sit if we're not bold enough to pull up a seat. We'll never eat from that table if we're not bold enough to pull up a seat that has been prepared for us before the foundation of the world. This is our season. And Satan's defeated. He knows it. But he's holding on for dear life because he's trying to keep us in darkness concerning our inheritance. But the light has been shown. And the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. That was our foundational scripture in this series of teachings. And I got to see myself if I'm going to experience what God wants me to experience. I got to see myself again as God sees me. I got to see myself made righteous by the blood of Jesus. How many of y'all know you're as righteous right now as you're ever going to get? <laughs> the power of the blood of Jesus is working right now. And it's called us to be clean, pure, holy in the sight of God. And that's the only sight that matters. How God sees you, how God sees us is the only thing that matters. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. Doesn't matter what some backslidden preacher done told you in the past. It's what the Bible, what the Word of God says about you that matters. So I must see myself as, a, as righteous in the sight of God. And that it will cause me to experience the boldness that it takes to go in and take back whatever Satan has stolen. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to go back to the book of Romans, chapter 8. We touched on this a little bit last week, but I, I want to go back there because I want to, us to see again how God views us and what the blood of Jesus has done for us. There in uh, chapter 8, verse 30. Hallelujah. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, who did predestinate? God predestinated. Them he also called. God called us. I said God called us. Whom he called, them he also justified. Somebody say, I'm justified. See, see, the problem with the church is we don't verbalize these things. We don't speak it out of our mouth. We, we hear these things, but it takes Holy Ghost boldness to proclaim these things. When you speak it out of your mouth, when you say what God says about you, it's like a two-edged sword in the Spirit. That when Satan comes around, the power of that, that word annihilates him and pushes him back off of your inheritance, off of your land, off of your lot. Hallelujah. So I, I got to be, be, be bold enough and be willing to say what God says about me. God says I'm justified in his sight. Glory to God. 
and whom he justified, the Bible says, them he also glorified. Now, religious folk don't like that. <laughs> you get to talk about you're glorified, they'll kick you out of most churches. When you walk around about, I'm glorified. Now, the Bible says I've been glorified by God. Now, that does not give me a big head. That does not well me up with pride. It causes me to recognize the power of his resurrection. It causes me to recognize the victory of his cross. It causes me to recognize those things that have been freely given to me by, by Jesus Christ. And that I can go in and experience those things, not just when I get to heaven, hallelujah. It's going to be good when we get to heaven. It's going to be great when we get to heaven. There's, but there's some things that God wants us to experience now, but we must begin coming into agreement with what he says about us. Even if it doesn't make sense to your natural man, you need to say it out of your mouth. In the name of Jesus, I'm glorified in Christ. Y'all, 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 y'all don't believe it. <laughs> you got to believe these things. He has done this. This is something that God has done. Then the Bible goes on to say in verse 31, What shall we then say to these things, these things that are telling us that we don't have it, that we don't measure up, that we're not what God says we are? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? No devil in hell can hold on to your inheritance if you make a Holy Ghost decision to possess it in the name of Jesus. But you got to be bold. You got to have a nastiness about yourself in the spirit. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to have a, a Holy Ghost veracity. And like we said last week, an audacity. To say, if God said I can have it, I'm going to have it, I'm going to experience it, and I'll glorify him in doing so. See, I'm not, I'm, I, I, Jesus did not go to the cross and be raised from the dead so that I could spend a life on earth defeated and, and victimized by the devil. If God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible says, verse 32, he that spared not his own son, somebody need to get this. He that spared not his own son, he gave his best. He gave heaven's best. He gave Jesus. He did not spare Jesus. This was the best that God, he was the best that God had to offer. But he delivered him up for us all. Hallelujah. How shall he not with him also freely? Freely. Cost us nothing but cost God everything, right? Freely give us all things. Hallelujah. I'm, somebody needs to be bold. Mike, you bold enough to receive it, aren't you? I, I, I'm looking at him back there. He, we talk about these things all the time. About how everything has been given to Jesus Christ. His inheritance is an inheritance, an eternal inheritance that he has decided by his love and his grace to share with the church. 
Every victory that was his and that is his belongs to you and I. Therefore, the Bible says we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. I'll preach this anywhere they send me. I said I'll preach this anywhere they send me because this is the truth. This is what the church needs. I remember I preached a sermon years ago called Bulldog Faith. Bulldog Faith. A faith that grabs a hole and refuses to let go. Refuses to be talked out of it. Hallelujah. No matter what Satan said, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, we didn't got to the place now where we don't care about no weapon. You send your best. Send all that you can. We're not afraid of you anymore because greater is he that's in us than he that is in us. We really believe that now. It's not just words on a piece of paper no more, you see. Jesus say, you'll know the truth and that truth that you really know for yourself, it'll make you free every single time. Hallelujah. I like a every single time gospel. I don't know about you. I like that. I like victory. I like treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Of the, I like that. That's my inheritance. That's your inheritance. Jesus said we could do it. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound. That's us. These words, what I'm talking about tonight, they're, they're actually warfare words. They're warfare words. Whether you know it or not, we are in a war. You know, I tell young Christians when they come into the kingdom, I often tell them that this thing is real. You have entered into something that uh, you got the victory over, but you're going to be attacked by the enemy. He's going to come against you. And when, when you teach stuff like what, what we're teaching here at the Ark Fellowship, this is our portion. Yeah. We're, we ought to be opposed. Hallelujah. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In order to overcome them, though, you and I must exercise spiritual boldness in their face. You got to talk big. Yes, you do. Then you'll walk big. Hallelujah. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of crumbs. I ain't eating no more crumbs. My crumb eating day is over. I don't know about you. I'm talking about me. Me and my house, the crumb eating days are over. You got to make a decision. Draw a line in the sand and let him know enough is enough. No more. No more. No more. Somebody say glory to God. And I wrote this in my notes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it because I wrote it down. When will the church believe 
in the power of the blood of Jesus and its cleansing power. When will we be, come to believe in the power of the blood of Jesus and its cleansing power? We sing about it. We dance around. But do we really believe in its power? Do y'all have uh, Revelations chapter 1 for me? Because when we believe in its power, we'll believe what the, what the blood has done for us. Now the Bible says here, and I'm going to go slow. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Thank you, Jesus. The first begotten of the dead. The first begotten of the dead. He's the first begotten. If there's a first begotten, there's a second begotten. Amen. And a third and a fourth. You're, you're named in that number somewhere. Then the Bible says, And the prince of the kings of the earth, Hallelujah, who unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, so the Bible says he's washed us from every sin in his own blood, the blood of God himself. The blood of deity has cleansed us forever. Next verse. This is how powerful that blood is. And had made us, somebody point to yourself. And had made us kings and priests under our God. King Larry. King Angela. King Pat. Hallelujah! See, we don't talk like that. We don't, and the devil likes when we don't talk like that. He, he likes it when we don't claim what's ours. The position that the blood of Jesus has positioned us in. He had made us kings and priests under God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. See, he causes us to become kings and priests. He places upon us an anointing of kingdom. And an anointing has a priest to worship him in a greater measure than Lucifer ever thought about worshiping him. Y'all know who Lucifer is, right? He used to be the worship angel, right? But the anointing that he's placed upon us is greater than anything that Lucifer ever dreamed about, hallelujah, in terms of our ability and power to worship our God. Somebody say, well, I'll worship him when I get to heaven. You can worship him right now just as much as you were in heaven right now. Because the Bible says we've been raised up and made to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Life within the veil is our portion. Life in the, uh, in the holy place is our portion. That is ours as an inheritance. i got to be bold enough to believe it. 
I can experience what the living creatures experience around the throne of God. God spoke this to me months ago, and I told him, I said, God, I've become jealous of those living creatures. They, they, They praise you day and night. They say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty that was and is and is to come. And the Bible says they cease not to do it day and night. I say, I'm jealous of them, God. He says, son, you don't have to be jealous of them. They're caught up in my glory. You get caught up in my glory, you can worship me on that level too. Hallelujah. That's our inheritance. But I got to be bold enough to believe that I'm, God has made me worthy to worship him in that manner. See, I'll never be rejected. I'm always accepted. I'm a child. Though I am an heir of all, if I remain a child, though, I'll never experience it. I got to mature in my thinking. I got to believe what God says. Then I got to embrace it with all my heart. I got to nullify this carnal thinking. I got a lot of Holy Ghost to give me a vision of who I am in Him, who I am in Christ. And then when the Holy Ghost speaks something to me miraculous, I got to believe it. When He says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I got to believe it and embrace it because that's my inheritance. I can lay hands on the sick. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, the sickness will be healed. I got to believe that, though. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Remember that? The weakest one of us has more power than John the Baptist ever thought about having. Hallelujah. And Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. He was the greatest one. Because he had not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, you're greater than him in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural weapons. Letting us know. First of all, he's letting us know again that this is a war. That there will be conflict. Hmm. You get hungry for the word of God, there will be conflict. Because the word of God is a seed. Jesus called it a seed, right? And wherever the seed is, there will be conflict and warfare. Because he knows, the devil knows, once you receive the seed as a revelation concerning the word, he cannot handle you anymore. 
he cannot control you anymore. Because that yoke that he had has been destroyed because of the anointing. And you know it. See, it's one thing, experimentally, experimentally, that's true for all of us. But it's one thing for it to be true in the spirit. And it's another thing for us to embrace its reality. So where the seed of the word is, there's going to be warfare. But if I understand the power of the word of God, I can walk free on a moment-by-moment basis from the powers of darkness. So the weapons of our warfare are not natural weapons, but the Bible says, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold, of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And this is what God told me. He says, "Uh, my people must begin to cause every thought of weakness to be cast down. Every thought of weakness must be cast down by the power of God or by the power of His Word. Every thought of Insufficiency must be dealt with by the power of God, by the power of the Word. Every thought that you don't add up, that you're not good enough, must be brought into captivity by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, everything that I'm telling you to do, what we're talking about tonight, cannot be done in the flesh. It it has to be done by the Spirit of God and a dependency on the Spirit of God. All these things are are a reality, but they cannot be uh, obtained by my physical or natural strength, by my carnal abilities, no matter how keen they may be in the natural. The only thing that's going to overcome the enemy is a walk in the spirit of those who have been freed by the power of God and who know that they're free. And and they've been made free forever. And they understand it. No more crumbs. Somebody say no more crumbs. Let's go to Joshua chapter 18. I believe I'll close there. Divine rest is ours, saith the Lord. Hmm. Verse 1 of chapter 18 of the book of Joshua. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up a tabernacle of the congregation there. 
and the land was subdued before them. I like that. The land was subdued before them. It had already been taken care of. Somebody said it had already been taken care of. God had already taken care of everything. Same holds true with us. Every promise in Christ Jesus to the believer is yes and amen. Every promise in this new covenant is yes and amen to you. But you got to believe that Jesus has already conquered it for you. It's subdued before you. Everything that he has spoken to you concerning your calling, God says it's already accomplished. You just simply have to walk in and experience it. Remember what he told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, it's already been given to you. The hesitancy of the church is that we won't enter in. We won't enter in. We've been talked out of it. But God says, in this season, I'm developing a people of faith who are going to possess everything that I call them to possess in their generation. That's for somebody. See, when, when, when the word go out like that, you need to grab that. This is the anointing of God. You need to grab that and say, that's mine. See, that's mine. If God said it, I can do it. Then the Bible says here, concerning Israel, And there remaineth among the children of Israel seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. They were dragging their feet. (laughs) They were dragging their feet. It had already been prophesied over them that they would possess that land. Moses had talked about it. Joshua had talked about it, was now talking about it. And yet there were seven tribes that had not yet been bold enough to go in and experience what God wanted them to experience. You know, a lot of times we don't experience things and we'll say, that's not the will of God for me. But a lot of times the reason we don't experience it is because we simply have not exercised that faith to go get it. We don't, we don't, we don't take that, 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 that step, that first step. That first step, a lot of times, is the hardest. Because you're battling those thoughts of past defeats. You're battling those thoughts of things that didn't work out last time. But you know what? You and I got to cast down those thoughts and forget those things that are behind and move forward to those things that are before, like the Bible says. Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. That's what we have to do. We have to shake off the memories of past defeats. Verse 3. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers had given you? Now that's the key. The land that the Lord God of your fathers had given thee. See, if God has taken the time to write down a covenant of blessing and power and inheritance, 
it's downright disrespectful not to go in and possess what he says is ours. It is. It's disrespectful. You know, God is a patient God and a loving God. But all you have to do is back up in the, in the, in the Old Testament and remember how, how upset he got with Israel, that first generation, when they didn't go in. He got terribly upset with him. He called unbelief sin. He said, why do these people sin against me by not believing what I say? And now we're in the new covenant. And what God is, he's looking at us differently because we're living under grace, but he's still expecting us here at this Ark Fellowship to possess everything that has been prophesied and spoken over this church. And you're here for a reason. There's a reason that you're here at this time, that you're a member of this church at this time, because God has chosen you. Out of all the people in the earth, he's chosen you to be a part of what he wants to do in this church and in this generation and in this season particularly this season. This is a season of blessing. This is a season of breakthrough. This is a season of possession, hallelujah, of everything that the enemy has stolen. There's an anointing on this place for that. I mean, I mean they're, they're getting fired up over there in Africa behind this, okay? They really are. People are hungry for the Word of God there. How, how many of y'all know he wants Cyprus to be hungry for the word of God too? We call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west in the name of Jesus. Those that people didn't think is going to get saved, those are the main ones that's going to get saved. Amen? That family member that you done gave up on, don't give up on him. Don't give up on her. Those are the, the ones that God is going to bring in in this harvest. But we got to possess it. we got to be willing to go in and possess the land that God has for us. I believe that's all i got tonight. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Lord, we do give you praise for it tonight. And we are those, oh God, who have assembled in this place tonight, who have heard your marching orders. And even though God has uh, your apostles in the beginning petition you for boldness, so do we tonight. Every person in the sound of my voice and those who will hear this even on the internet, we pray the spirit of boldness come upon them. A spirit of courageous boldness would come upon us, sent from your divine throne by the mighty Holy Spirit. God, you shook the place where they were assembled so long ago. Begin to shake us today. The power and might of your Holy Ghost like never before, Lord. Help us, O God, to see ourselves as you see us. Told old Gideon, 
when he was afraid that he was a mighty man of valor. We choose to see ourselves as you see us, O God. We shake off the Gideon syndrome and we believe what you say. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And Father, we'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit. It belongs to you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Fruitfulness. I say fruitfulness and prosperity.